The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome on to Hollinger and Duncan. If you are listening to the free pod, I want to let you know that this is going to be the last day to get the special one-time only John Hollinger pre-sale. We've had overwhelming response to that so we extended it for another week but it will be ending as soon as i hit send on tonight's podcast after the games so jump on dunkton prime that's where you can get every hollinger and duncan episode and i assure you that although the la lakers do not have any we have plenty of lasers on this team between me and john and danny larue and dan feldman John, you've worked at basketball for a long time. Have you heard that phrase before, laser, to describe a good shooter? I was like, you know what? I never I heard like anyone that. say that. No, I, th- th- that was really interesting. I never heard anybody use that term. I mean, Poku is like kind of a laser, maybe like a not that accurate <laughs> yeah, right. one, but like the way. He, like I, th- I guess I've heard like an announcer, oh, he lasers it in. Like that's I've probably. Heard, I've heard it more, you know, you describe it more with passes. Right? Like guys oh, throwing yeah. cross-court yeah, so. lasers, you know? But maybe that's the problem I with mean, the Lakers. They're trying to shoot lasers instead of uh, rainbows and arcs and <laughs> parabolas. Yeah, they got to get the Noah machine. But <laughs> I, Although, actually, LeBron, he worked with that a lot. I remember there was a story years ago about how he was working on his free throws with Ray Allen to get it like the exact perfect 45-degree arc. So, speaking of perfect, John and I will get to our predictions later on here. But first, we need to talk about the rookie extensions. We have not had a chance to discuss that yet on Dunktown Prime between me and Danny. So we are coming at it fresh. We'll talk about the extensions. We'll talk about the non-extensions. What extension most intrigued you? I thought there were some really interesting ones. The most intriguing one has to be Kevin Porter's, right? Yes, I would say so. Though there was one I thought was pretty close. But yes, that, that was, what is the structure there? So, $15.86 million guaranteed the first year uh plus 2.4 million it looks like in likely incentives um so basically it's it's a contract that pays him 18 million dollars a year basically most likely for the for the four years after this one except at the end of 2024 the rockets can cut bait on the last three years or they can pick up the next two years right then and then a year later uh they can bail on the 26 27 season so it seems to me like to not pick up a guarantee a full year out, like something really bad would have to happen. But that that tipping point at the end of 24, it looks like, where they pick up the two years at once, uh, from my understanding of the contract, that's, that's a really key point. And I think it just stems from the fact that Kevin Porter is really talented, but some of the stuff you hear on him on the background, some of the reason he fell to the 30th pick in the draft, the reason Cleveland traded him in the first place, um, is that he's been a little bit difficult to deal with. Let's say there's been some concerns about uh, just him, you know, fitting, fitting in with what the coaches want to do in the locker room and everything. So that's, that's why this contract is structured the way it is. Uh, I thought it was a really creative way for Houston to get him like retain his rights for these next four years without having to fully commit themselves necessarily. And I do think the non-guarantee has a little bit of teeth in it at that, at that tipping point in 24. Whereas a lot of these contracts are set up when, when you've seen contracts with partial guarantees, a lot of them are set up in such a way that the team would never realistically ever cut the guy. 
Um, right. And it's just more to, you know, satisfy. It's a thing to satisfy the owner, basically, more than anything else. Uh, th- this one has some actual teeth in it where, where they can legitimately cut bait on him at the end of next year if they don't like where this is going. So much to unpack here. And again, let's reiterate that. So obviously he finishes his rookie scale deal this year at three million. He was the thirtieth pick in the draft, as you mentioned. So has made you know about ten million or so in his career, not a ton. So this is enough where if managed properly, he could you know that's enough for, for life. Although you would think if they're not picking up the guarantee, then maybe he's not managing things properly. But you know, even as soon as recently as last year, he's been better in Houston. He credited the way Houston has approached it with saving his life. Steven Silas teared up after discussing it. You know, clearly there's a lot of emotions there, but he has his struggles. And even last year, he didn't finish a game because he was unhappy with the way the coaching staff was proceeding. And so the team surely felt like they needed some protections here. However, Kevin Porter has also shown some flashes of being a really high level of guard. And I really applaud the organization for the level of creativity and his representation as well, because I think he felt like the approach that I went in the mock off season was I was going to demand, you know, three years guaranteed at kind of third guard money as a way of acknowledging that there had been these issues, but maybe that's not enough upside for Kevin Porter jr. Given some of the offensive talent that he showed and the fact that he's been a starting point guard for a year and a half here for Houston. And uh, he has a, a lot of ability so this is a way to give him the upside of being paid as probably what will be a low-end starter, maybe even kind of a third guard by the end of the contract yes. if he comes through. And, you know, he's got these reachable incentives as well. Uh, and also then still gives him some guaranteed money at least, right? Because that's what you're kind of afraid of as your representation and maybe even as he himself. But this is enough that he's getting something. And also protecting the organization. I really applaud him, his representation, and Houston for finding this deal in this creative way that was acceptable to all parties because his situation as a talented, though volatile guy was a difficult one. And I, yes. I really hope it works out for everyone, obviously. But this is this is a really impressive structure to me. I I agree. Great, great job by the Houston front office. And we'll we'll see where this goes. But they they didn't they didn't overcommit themselves just to throw themselves a parade for getting Porter in the first place. So I thought that was really good too. We saw, of other we saw, notes maybe, here. saw maybe yeah, one or two examples where teams did that. that we'll get into. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, or the other thing where they doubled down on, on maybe investing too much in the player to begin with, uh, yes. throwing good money after bad possibly, but a couple other things uh, on this one, Porter juniors cap hold was small, 9.6 million. Houston was going to have in the mid sixties in cap space. His, Number should be 15.9 to start. So they cost themselves 6 million, but to go from 66 million to 60 in cap space, and they still have a little bit more other things they could do if they needed to, to open up a little bit more space than that. Or if things really went wrong this year, they could just stretch that money. If you're just so desperate to, you know, open up that 6 million to get two max slots or what, or whatever. So it's, it doesn't really matter if the extra space that they're using up here. Um, from a cap perspective, they also, they still have more than enough flexibility, and they do expect it seems like to be active in free agency. And then, yeah, I think that again, what you're saying about the trigger date bears repeating: one year is guaranteed, and then after the first year, so basically two years from two seasons from now, they have to decide on guaranteeing the next two seasons all at once. And so that's that's a good inflection point. And if he's shown enough there that they really because they I mean from Houston's perspective just on the floor they're not really sure if he's going to be part of their plans maybe they draft Scoot Henderson this year so having that flexibility I think is good and maybe Porter Jr. at that point if he's if he's not going to be basically if he's not going to be the starter there they're probably not going or at least in competition for that they're not going to guarantee that and then he can also go somewhere else and maybe you know be a I was going to say they th- this is also potentially a tradable contract like even if they you know, like if they if he had a good year and then they were in position to draft Scoot Henderson anyway, like this is this is a tradable contract too. So I thought they held themselves there. Yeah, I would say actually I would go back to the structure that the Pelicans had with Josh Hart. Yes. As that was one of the more creative ones. And I think that now is kind of making some of these other structures acceptable, allowing teams and agents to think outside the box. A little bit more like that. I think we're going to look back on that as kind of a pioneering structure. Josh Hart's situation was a little bit different 
with just one year fully guaranteed and then a non-guarantee and then a non-guaranteed team option. Uh, so that's, uh, we'll probably see more of these second most intriguing contract to you. When we say the word intriguing, um, all right, my, uh, my fellow Wahoo, DeAndre Hunter, who I will see play against Kevin Porter Jr. in a couple hours here. Uh, I thought this contract valued him as though everything had gone totally according to the plan since they had taken it with the fourth pick. Well, yeah, this is basically... Give me the numbers on it again, please. Uh, it is... Uh, looks like $90 million guaranteed, $5 million in incentives. So you're talking about a starting number just very slightly over 20 in 2023-24. Uh, plus one and a quarter million in incentives. And then it escalates to 25 million in 25, 26. I, I have not seen what the incentives are in this contract. I don't know if you have. Um, so no. I can't, I can't comment yet on how likely they are to be attained, but they're, they're small enough that I don't think they really matter to the overall discussion of, of this deal. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been just as good as Mikhail Bridges, right? That's why he's getting essentially the same contract. <laughs> Like you could exchange them for each other, and you hardly notice, right? Both, both starting small forwards on a on a national champion, uh, both you know on teams that made at least one deep playoff run. Although Hunter was injured when the Hawks made theirs, um, yeah. So like exactly the same, right? Well, you mentioned the idea of kind of doubling down. Uh, they drafted a number four. They made a big trade again. They traded eight and 17. They took on Solomon Hill's contract, a, a couple of second round picks as well. And I will say at least he's flashed at a level at a few times. That's kind of close to this, like last year's playoff series. Although, had a good, again, had a good series against Miami, yeah. had a pretty good preseason, had a good start to his second year. On the other hand, you're going out a, on a long way on a guy who's had some pretty persistent knee issues already. Yeah, that, I mean that's kind of the the issue that the health is a problem. It doesn't appear to be any protection for this at all. Also, the Hawks are not exactly a wash in flexibility, but perhaps they're kind of in the bird rights trap even a little bit early with him. I guess there was just a concern, like, hey, if he has a big year, and maybe this is also something, John, you mentioned he had a good preseason where. Maybe he just came into camp, he was healthy, he was playing well, and that kind of informed this thing because this was right at the deadline. Yeah, I think that there probably was some level of fear that if he becomes a free agent and let's say he commands a salary that they can't pay because of the tax, how are they filling that spot? I would I would argue like you've, you've been getting mid-level exception production the whole time anyway, so what the hell's the difference between... Right, <laughs> between just signing somebody for the M- yeah. MLE to fill. Uh, although spot. I mean, they're like you can't even get a starter ish guy. Like ask the Cavs with the, they've been trying to find a, a small forward with the MLE for the past three years and just haven't been able to find one. So I, uh, although the Hawks are a little bit better than the Cavs were during that period, you know, maybe you could find someone. But I, I mean, I look at Slow Mo who signed for the MLE twice. Uh, like it, I, I do think it's possible. You, you have to, you have yeah. to. Dig but he's a, a four bit. though. He, like he can't shoot at the level of a three. I mean, he, he this is Hunter at least, you know, mm-hmm. has flashed on defense and he's flashed on offense enough to maybe believe it just, you know, you would, well, all right, let me ask you this. You're running the Hawks. What would your final offer? Have been? <laughs> I, I, I thought he was going to get like 60 million over four. I, th- I thought he was yeah. going to get like, t- you know, just something a little above MLE and call it good. And, Otherwise, you'll take it to the summer. Like, they are so locked in on this team now. Like, they're pushing the tax next year already. Um, There are theoretically ways out of that, but it gets harder and harder. Uh, And then the year after that, I mean, if they want to keep DeJounte Murray, like, that's that's an expensive team. Yeah, I guess I, I, in the mock rookie extensions, we got to an agreement for 17 and a half a year with some reachable incentives to go above that. Okay. So that I, I think, you know, and, and but that was kind of an acknowledgement, I think, of what how the organization saw him. I think you know, when we do that, we're kind of we're putting our own spin on it, but we're also trying to realistically assess the player in the same way that the organization has and the amount of commitment they've shown to him. And yeah, like there's a possibility that he's worth this. I don't see much of a possibility of him exceeding it. You know, when you 
that's kind of, and I'm sure you could echo this from the front office perspective, that when you do an extension a year early, and particularly a year early for a guy who's had the injury issues that he has, you want to have some upside as a team. And that's maybe yeah. where, I think maybe there's some upside the last two years, because that's when the new TV deal will have kicked in for the last two years. But I also, the chances of him being like, oh man, that Hunter contract is such a bargain for them. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't really seem that there's much likelihood there. Yeah. And I just don't, like if he had not been the fourth pick in the draft, I, I just don't think there's any chance this contract happens. Well, so here's two two other things you can note uh, on this as well. From his perspective, guys who are higher picks are much more willing to play it out in free agency. Number one, just due to the anchoring of being a high pick. But number two, you know, he's making $9.8 million this year. He's going to have made $35 million probably or so over his career, $30, 35 million. Mm-hmm. And then his qualifying offer, as long as he plays, uh, meets the star criteria, will be very big as well and so that he'll have that in restricted free agency and so you're probably not really going to ever start one of these contracts unless it's like a marvin bagley type at less than the guy's qualifying offer and his qualifying offer wouldn't have been 20 would have probably would have been mid-teens i'm guessing uh yeah because i'm not looking that up so i don't know i i mean i think there there are a lot of realities of why we got here but it's also kind of i think the downside here for the hawks is greater than the upside in the end absolutely Absolutely. The next one I really wanted to talk about, uh, and again, I really, in the pre-pandemic days, the last place I ever went before the pandemic was New Orleans for this two-lane mock negotiation, and we had a bunch of law students come in. I was one of the judges. I did that last year. Yeah, yeah, it's fun, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. So uh, one of the things that I really prioritized just was, again, when the two sides can find a solution that works for both of them, particularly when... It, Thing, there may be outside forces that might say, well, you know, you shouldn't be doing this, right? There's pressure. But to be able to put that aside and say, hey, here, we're going to work together. Here's something that's going to work for us, particularly given the crazy amounts just in general that we're dealing with. And if you just can step back from that and step back from constantly comparing to the people around you and just say like, hey, this is this worked for me. Mm-hmm. I actually applaud that. Like I, that's what I always, the students, I really gave extra points to people who are able to like, no, like let's actually find a deal here. And that's what Nasir Little and the Blazers did, despite the fact that this is a shockingly low, I would say extension, but I also actually applaud Little and his representation for getting a deal that worked for them. And he may just be a happier person as a result of this. We actually did a deal like this in Memphis. Yes, uh, I wanted to ask you about with, that. With uh, Quincy Pondexter. And it was the same kind of deal, I think, a little bit. He was a player drafted in the 20s and was was definitely, like, had been an important rotation player on our conference finals team. Kind of that just valued the security. Like, like wanted the security of knowing he had the contract. Um, and so was willing, was willing to do a deal with us and... And so we we ex- we did a, a four year extension with him. Now the the money was it's going to sound laughable now. We signed him for like fourteen million over four years. But then that was like uh, you know MLE money or close to it or something. Like it was it was like fairly legitimate money. Um, and I think it it, it worked out for us because it allowed us to manage our luxury tax situation, which was like cutting you know <laughs> very close every single year, uh, pretty well. And and not have to not have to sweat that that walk year of his. And I think it took a little bit of the pressure off him too. Like he ended up he actually ended up getting hurt in his free agent year, um, or what would have been his free agent year, right? So I, I don't know what would have been out there for him. And then the security of it helped him again when he was traded to New Orleans and then uh had the whole thing with his knee go sideways. Um and then that, you know, really kind of was the beginning of the end of his career right there. But he, he had that he had those those four years that he was getting paid. So I, I thought it worked out really well for both sides, even though it was not the typical situation where you see an extension signed. Yeah, so this one, four years, 28 million is, uh, Dan Feldman did a great analysis of this uh, on Dunked on Prime. And he's also not only doing that in newsletter form, every day he's analyzing the day's news, uh, which he has a great background doing for, with, for nine years with NBC, uh, but he's also actually doing an audio version of that as well. So it's a nice benefit for Dunton Prime if you guys want to sign up on the special John Hollinger presale. Uh, this is the second smallest extension ever as a percentage of the salary cap. 
but I think it's not even necessarily comparable to some of these because just the money is so big, right? Like the money in the NBA has far outpaced inflation, despite the headlines of the last couple of years. And so, I mean, 28 million at that, as this year little said pretty eloquently, I thought in his media availability afterwards, like that's enough where he feels like he's going to be set for life. He has an injury history. He feels like he's undervalued. But I think he's like, I, he valued the security. And I think that's just, that's really smart. So, uh, John, do you know who is the lowest player in terms of percentage of the salary cap on a rookie extension? I had thought it was our deal with Quincy. And I get it, Dan told said it wasn't when I answered that on Twitter. So I'm actually, I'm actually stumped. I can't place it. Well, I would have been stumped as well. Yeah, Coupon was number two at mm-hmm. 4.99%. Nasir okay. is 4.66%. This person was 2.89%. Ronaldo Balkman did an extension with the Denver Nuggets in 2009 after he was drafted by Isaiah Thomas and the Knicks in 2006. Wow. That really? That happened? He actually, yeah. No, I didn't even remember that he had extended. And and he extended actually for, and he wasn't even a high pick either. He extended with a first year salary in the extension of less than what he had made on his rookie skill count. And wow. probably a good idea to extend because he was out of the league by the end of the contract. Yeah. Wow. I had no recollection of that whatsoever. I, I mean, I just because, you know, I, I grew up in this industry reading about your player profiles of some of these guys in, you know, pro basketball perspectives. I just have to tell you some of the other guys on this list. Okay. Costa Kufos. 2011 another nuggets extension which ended up uh he played out the last two years of that deal with us in memphis we traded he got a nice deal a nice nice deal nice deal from the kings yep uh i'll I'll just throw out a few other just great names primos brezic he got an extension charlotte in 2004 i think they got him in the expansion draft and then extended him off of that (sighs) uh brian cook the lakers in 2006 Hmm. Uh, all of these I, w- I would have forgotten uh the one that came to mind for me was jeremy lamb and that had basically been the only one since we really knew about the 2016 cap spike to be even this low but that was uh you know seven percent of the salary capped he got seven million a year yeah and now a, this is that was a good deal for for charlotte we were we were uh i was tangentially involved in that uh because we traded for Luke Ridnour and then we traded Luke Ridnour to Charlotte, who then Charlotte, minutes after our trade call completed, traded to Oklahoma City for Jeremy Lamb. Uh yeah, that was that was the summer of Luke Ridnour, right? The summer of Luke Ridnour, exactly. <laughs> okay. Let's get back uh, on task here. And I, I guess we'll quickly on little. This is low. I think and when we did our mock rookie extensions, I was thinking fourteen million a year for him was I was the least I would have taken, but that was before preseason. I, he didn't have a great preseason. I don't know how healthy he is coming off that shoulder surgery. He's had some other injuries. I don't know his how much shooting. he's going to play either is, is the biggest thing. Like right, right now he's right. not, he's not totally in the rotation. So I think that's another reason to take the security right now. Yeah. When you yeah. don't know how much you're going to play in your walk here, that's tough. Yeah. And if you're going to be a, this, if he's going to be the starting small forward, then yeah, but he, he's not, he got beat out by Josh Hart and I think they would, they would have loved to start in a seer little if they could, but he's just not as good as Josh Hart. And so, yeah, I mean, if he, like if you're a backup in your fourth year, I think there's just, you can't really expect to be getting like, you know, eight figures a year in restricted free agency. So I think this just, and there's a lot of times, and then you throw in the injury risk as well. Like if you look at kind of a, what his average payday would have been through various scenarios. And then B that this is so much money that to me, if I were in his position, at least I'd be trying to minimize my downside risk. Like I would, if there's a 20% chance that you're going to get the minimum next year and a 20% chance that you're going to get, you know, maybe 12 million a year or something. I I think I'm more worried about that downside than that upside, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, 
you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can customize things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets, and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game indochino go to indochino.com and use the code per easy to remember because john invented it use per to get 10 percent off any purchase of 399 dollars or more that's 10 percent off at indochino i-n-d-o-c-h-i-n-o indochino.com and don't forget that per code to let them know you came from us I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media. Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level. Today, that's shopify.com slash per okay we got a few more of these to get to next uh were you surprised that grant williams and cameron johnson were not extended grant williams in particular because some of the stuff that was bandied about as a number for him uh, mike scotto was saying 15 million if that's what's out in the media maybe he would have taken even less than that you know i think obviously from the celtics standpoint you're probably like well is he really going to get more than the mle next year and, and yeah, you know, there's probably a decent chance that that's what the analysis would be, but he's going to start for them. I think he's extremely valuable and he makes his three pointers and, you know, he can defend guys like Giannis and KD, maybe not as good as you would hope, like way out in space against guards, but like a guy who can shoot the ball and defend those types of players and he's going to start all year like that. That's just get a good player. Who's like a starter third forward who, you know, can play in the playoffs and you need him against a couple of your biggest rivals, that's, he's a good player. I mean, if you, to me, I would have paid up for the 15 million. They probably could have even got him for less, you would think. So I, I'm, I mean, I guess the, the market I, has shown that, yeah, go ahead, sorry. I don't like it because you're competing against potential batshit money this summer where, you know, maybe the Pistons or whatever for Rockets come in and say like, hey, we're ready to win now. Like, We've decided he's our guy and, you know, and then the Celtics get blown out of the water because of their luxury tax situation, you know, and a deal over 20 million a year or something that you would, you would say objectively is not, is not a reasonable thing to pay Grant Williams, but one of these other teams might be like, yeah, sure. What the hell? We're going to do it. We think, we think Boston will chicken out on matching it. So we, we feel good. And I, I just think they left themselves vulnerable for not a great, not a great reason, because especially the out years on these contracts, like you're not going to lose on these extensions unless you, well, there's one team who might lose, but <laughs> most of them, it's very hard for, for them to lose on, on these extensions just because of the, where the cap is going. Yeah. And Grant is a young junior. And so, yeah, like you said, I mean, he's, 
going to be is their long-term starter at the four like who's going to start for them i mean unless they just want to make jason tatum their starting four but they don't want to do that and then he can also shift to some backup five like it, it's it's not even like oh man you watch grant williams out there and like oh his skill level is just wanting you players like him pj tucker is another one i think they're always undervalued because it's about the way that they enable you to play as a team to have your your defensive system while also not killing you on offense like that type of versatility is really mm-hmm. important. What they would say is some of his on-off numbers, analytics numbers are not good, not very good. And number two, that guys with a usage as low as he has, I think he was like 13% usage last year. Like those guys just don't get paid. Um, You know, maybe Draymond is maybe the only one you could point to. And even he's, you know, he's handling the ball all the time, getting a bunch of assists. So maybe they feel like there isn't that upside, right? But like you're saying, a team like, say, the Pistons that doesn't have a, a long-term solution at the four and wants to switch, it, the Rockets getting another guy in there who'd be good. I mean, that's – and you also said because of their tax situation, it's not – it wouldn't take a lot for them to be in his – like, he's a good player. You can get him on a good contract. I think his production is going to exceed that. I would have done the deal if I were the Celtics. I completely agree. I just think there's going to be too much cap room money sloshing around next summer to take the gamble when when yeah. you when and, you and, knew and he, you could lock him up and yeah. something and i mean at the end of the day like how far apart were you really like you know like oh we only wanted to pay him 12 or 13 not 14 or 15 like uh, like that's that's right. just the odds of that mattering are so small and he also like he's a great personality it helps your culture to reward a guy like that who came up in your system and yeah i, I think it, again like no injury history so there's so little downside there to me. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just tough to find fault with it. How about Cam Johnson? We didn't get as much reporting on where he was at. Uh, you know, it seemed like kind of about the same as Mikhail Bridges was the number that he was looking for. And I think he felt like he had these guys over a barrel because he was clearly going to start this year with the weird Jay Crowder situation. And uh, he shoots it really well. You know, in theory, a 3 and D guy, though I wasn't too impressed with his defense in the playoffs last year. So, and maybe Phoenix, again, with their tax situation, wasn't willing to go there. I, I don't know. What do you think of Cam Johnson? I mean, that's that's probably the biggest thing of, of just, what do you think of him as a player? Is he just like, you know, clear, very good starter? Or is he not proven that to you yet? Probably more like a mid-tier starter. Um, he's, he's also, now he's a little older than some of these other guys too, which is the other thing you have yeah. to watch out for. Um, that said, I didn't think he was a particularly hard player to value. And when that happens, usually you can come to a deal on these, right? Like we we know what he is as a player. There's not the the upside and downside scenarios of this are pretty contained. And you're paying him for his age twenty eight through thirty one seasons, right? So like, I mean, is that right? Age twenty eight? No, 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 no. That's that's all right. This would be oh, okay, yeah, age twenty seven. Twenty six. Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Twenty seven to thirty seasons. Like, yeah. You you more or less know what you're getting, right? So unless you don't think that is worth twenty million a year, which I don't know, I kind of think maybe it is worth twenty million a year, but maybe not. Or or you just don't think someone else would be willing to pay twenty million a year for that, so it doesn't matter. Which I I think that might be the stronger argument from Phoenix's end. Like realistically, who's going to go over twenty for Cam Johnson next summer? Like I, if you just don't see that happening then there's not a lot of downside risk here to not doing the deal yet. He's also got the injuries uh, with his hip and yeah, there were concerns also, about yeah. that going back to the draft. Yeah. Right. So, so that's maybe part of it. And maybe why, you, I mean, they're probably like, Hey, you haven't proven it yet as a starter. And he's like, well, I did play at a starter level last year. I started playing games, put up good numbers, shot 43% from three defended at least passively. So like that type of player is worth 20 million. I, you know, Maybe this is one where like the incentives could have gotten them there. You know, I think yeah. maybe a little bit more creativity, maybe even like you know, likely bonuses could have gotten you there possibly. Because I do think, for Johnson's perspective, you don't want to go crazy in terms of your demands because you do have this injury history. So I don't know. This is one where I would like to know exactly where the numbers were. But you know, if like he was wanted twenty and they're offering seventeen, I mean, I think that's you just want to get there at that point yeah it's hard it's hard to totally know without being in each side's huddle i guess it's a little less befuddling than the williams situation yeah i I think that's right well also again phoenix their tax issues that's another big one right like and 
they really do have to penny pinch that extra $3 million at least now. And then maybe also just the ownership situation being in flux and just feeling like you can't make long-term commitments. Hopefully that gets solved. And I mean, it's one of these things where he pay if he has a good year, he gets paid. But yeah, I, I think it is tough to see him getting into like, you know, really breaking the bank with 25 million a year. Yeah. So again, like this is a good player who came up on the, on this team. I mean, maybe he's more focused on it because the age, this is going to be his one big payday. We'll see what happens with him. But I, I mean, I think as long as he stays healthy, he should be really good this year. Speaking of teams that are in enough of a luxury tax crunch that every single dollar matters, the Warriors, Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> yes. Pool, it's going to be about 123 million guaranteed. The incentives that are likely are mostly team based, probably would end up, depending on the team's success, in the 125 to 127 range. Uh, most of the individual incentives, other than all NBA, which I think is 500K a year, are totally unreachable. So that that one that, uh, that, that was defensive about. player of the year incentive is cash money. Well, well how's he going to beat out Tyler Hero? <laughs> That's that's just like like at least have it be something where it's even slightly reachable. Something connected to at least how the guy plays, right? Like win the scoring title or something, right? Yeah, make or make it like you know first team, <laughs> third team, second team, first team all NBA or something like that, where it's just like, like yeah. where you if he makes it, you would be totally happy to pay it, right? As opposed to just well, that's just literally never gonna happen. Yeah. Okay. And I hate the overuse of the word literally in our society, but I think I can get there on the Jordan Poole, Tyler Hero, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, You got more than Hero. This is kind of where you thought it was going to end up, though, once you heard yeah. Hero is going to be between 120 and 125. And they got it done. They also, I think there was additional pressure with the Draymond thing. So I, this is this is where it was going to go. It's a lot, but it's less than the max. And and for a team, I think that was just the biggest fear. And they at least got him for the four years. You know, no funny money offer sheet or anything like that. So this is uh, about what was going to happen. I think when you look at what they got in concert with Andrew Wiggins taking twenty seven million a year, actually I think a little bit less than no, yeah, that was about right, twenty seven million. Um, you know, they they got out where they needed to with the combination of those two. Well, I, I mean, Jordan Poole, I think, would have gotten a max offer sheet next summer. Uh, I, th I think there was a real risk of that. When you look at how many rebuilding-type teams were going to have cap room uh, and Poole's age. So I, I think Golden State did the right thing to protect themselves here. And obviously, he's you know he's a really good player for them, too. Uh, gives them a little bit of coverage, too, on the Clay situation going forward, either via injury or, or contract, because his... He comes off the books at the end of 24, Clay Thompson, but then he's had two serious injuries too, which you can't forget. Uh, I thought they got a good deal on the Wiggins extension. Player option for Wiggins is fair. I mean, he's going to be a little older by then, so you don't even know if that'll be a thing. And I mean, to get him at a at a discount from what he makes this year, uh, I, th yeah. I thought that was a that was a good piece of business. Yeah. And another one where I applaud the parties for getting there too, because Andrew Wiggins be like, Hey, I started the all-star game. I was on balance. Well, by the I, second best. <laughs> well, I'm saying right again, this is where yeah. you can let these external things get like yeah. I was on balance, the second best player on a championship team. And you're, you want me to take a pay cut when the cap is going up. And I think he, if he has the same year he had last year, he probably does get more than this. I mean, you want to talk about teams that, you know, are always looking for players in his position. I mean, he, to me, is probably has established himself as maybe the best 3 and D player in basketball at this point and adds some more offense there as well. Whoa, Wiggins, the best 3 and D player in basketball. Who's better than him? Uh, I mean, I could argue for the guy who plays next to him. Um, Clay? We, yeah. I mean, true, true. I mean, you would say, like, Paul George is a better player, but he's asked to do more things, right? Right, right. He, I mean, uh, below this clear all-star, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, like, I consider those guys, like, you don't think of them as 3 and D first. Clay, I don't think is good enough on defense anymore. Um, And, and Clay is a clear max contract guy. You know, we're talking about, like, you would think of Wiggins as, he's still in that role player category, right? Like, Clay yeah. wouldn't be in there. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. Who, who's on that list? Bridges? Mikael Bridges? Mikael Bridges, uh, Desmond Bain. Yeah, even Bain. I don't like Desmond Bain. Bain is, can't Bain is more three and less D, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, like your your sine qua non of that. You know, I guess we should say not three D player, three D small forward, which is more valuable. Okay. So you know, you got to be able to guard Luka Doncic and Jason Tatum in the playoffs. 
passably without i mean obviously you have have help help within the team concept but you're not like okay we got a double team unless you know penetration occurs or something like that so to be able to guard those guys and also like shoot passably enough and give you something on offense like that is such a short list yeah og ananobi uh yeah he would be the other one that occurred to me yeah some of these other guys are maybe a little more like ball in hand type players or Dylan Brooks, who's just kind of like a weird hybrid of different things. Yeah, and he doesn't quite have the size uh, of Wiggins either. Um, yeah, so I mean, there, there are not that many guys that, on that list. And, you know, Bridges had kind of set the market for 3 and D players. Like, you just, he, and Ananobi maybe before him. And we haven't just seen that many of these guys previously. Like, it's a new archetype at the small forward position. So, yeah, I, I think he, he, to me, he is the best. Maybe he won't continue to be the best, but... Uh, and he, he's been getting better for them, too. What do, you, what do you think these extensions mean for Draymond Green? Yeah, Danny and I talked about that pretty extensively over the weekend uh, on Dunked on Prime. There is going to be an inflection point based on Joe Lacob's comments. I think if Draymond, you know, he, he probably is going to opt in. Woj said it's he thinks it's inevitable he's going to opt in. I, I wouldn't go that far. But $27 million, hard to imagine that he's got that out there next year. Just do him being more valuable to the Warriors than any other team. You know, maybe a, a Portland or a Lakers. Like, Lakers will have cap space. Pistons. Uh, but he's... He, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Pistons. Uh, Michigan State yeah. connection. Yeah. But he's also really damaged his brand. We'll see. Like, yeah. uh, th- that's the thing, right? Like, if he's plays poorly this year and they lose in the first round, then it's like, okay, he's probably done here, right? Uh, and they, they stretch him or they trade him along with the first somewhere. And because Joe Lacob has said he doesn't want to get to that 500 million tax bill and that's where they would get. They could also just get bailed out maybe by a change in the tax rules a little bit. Like, I don't think they're going to reduce the penalties, but maybe they just, I think it would be fair at this point to increase like the gradations where, because the cap is so much higher now yeah. than it was. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's not every five million that, that it goes up. Yeah. You know, maybe that, it's every that 10 would now. be fair, but it would probably only be written into the next CBA, and it wouldn't get them out in twenty three twenty four. Um, no, no, so, well, twenty three twenty four is when it will start, right? The, the oh, CBA, that's right. right. Yeah, there's yeah. The, okay. There's the mutual. Yeah. We're thinking so the TV could, deals. Yeah, it so. could it could start in twenty three twenty four. You're right. You're right. Because there the other the other way out of this uh, would be to trade Wiseman and just get yeah, off of that or, twelve or, next year. I, I mean, and it's also it's kind of just a one year thing where it's just going to be crazy with Clay making the 43 million exactly exactly and then you're you're out of the woods for a little bit until the rookie extensions kick in uh two years later yeah i mean it makes it less likely that draymond will stick around but not impossible i think you know he he could play great clay could get injured and just be out for the year next year and they just stretch him or something or you know there's just a you know wiseman could get hurt and they there's too him. much water too much water that can go under the bridge between now and then i agree exactly exactly so it's let's uh let's see where they're at like if he's essential to them winning a championship it's hard to imagine that they move on from him and i mean that's the thing that's uh, that's why he's still on the team that's why they didn't suspend him that's like uh because they can't win without him and he was great last night so all right who else do we need to discuss here good did we hit everything yeah were there i mean were there any that really grabbed you uh that that came down to the wire i mean brandon clark like that was a nice deal for memphis i thought uh yeah i mean i think that was about right he's like he wasn't going to get more than that because he's just he's not a starter with exactly exactly nobody was going to pay him as a starter and so this was going to be what the market was going to pay for him regardless of what he's you know of what because every formula says he's worth more than this but he just the reality of the marketplace he wasn't gonna get paid more than this i don't think yeah and, and i thought like he he was a decent analog for grant williams too you know like i think D- drafted right after each other yeah yeah and he he's a little bit older and yeah the analytics obviously are all awesome on him but that's going against backups and he can close some games like he's a good fit next to jaron but he's just he's too thin really to be a starting center and you know nick claxton was probably another analog for him i think he's better than nick claxton but that's kind of that kind of thinner center um you know who's can't really bang with guys so this is about right for him he got paid maybe you would have said you want to do three years as him so you get back in the market as a 29 year old rather than a 30 year old. I mean, he's so old too, but this is, this is one chance to get paid. He did. I'm, I'm glad for him. This is, you know, basically MLE money for a third big. It's basically right in line. So yeah. Ah, the sweet sound of sports. You love from sling the collide of football pads, the squeak of shoes on a basketball court. 
the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Once the other ones that didn't get done, Rui Hachimura, I think we didn't really expect that one. No. Maybe the other one for a guy that a team has really valued is P.J. Washington. That surprised me because I thought... He again, not a super difficult player to value. You can, you know, they they're not. Yeah. What would your valuation of, have been if he's not a difficult player to value? I think he would have been, you know, right in that right in that uh, mid to high teens area. Yeah, fifteen million a year. Yeah, somewhere that, between. That's what I was asking for in the mock rookie extensions, and I think it was Dan. Oh no, it was Danny actually who was offering less. Uh, but I'm like. He's, I mean, he's the starting power forward this year, and he can play some center, not well defensively, but yeah. you know enough. Yeah. Those lineups have been successful. I mean, that's and Charlotte. I mean, I don't think they have like huge cap space aspirations next summer anyway. So it all, it all depends on bridges. Fine. I don't. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, so I I don't know. Well, uh, I don't know. That's one where I didn't really have a good sense of like what he was demanding. I mean, maybe if he wanted twenty million a year, then okay, like fine. That's why a deal didn't get done. Are right, you want to do a little predictions here? We got like probably 20 yeah. minutes left or so. Yeah, sure. You and I, I, I actually have not had a chance to read yours yet because I've been so busy doing my own stuff. I sent you mine. Mm-hmm. Are there any that pop out to you? So this is team predictions, award predictions, where you are just in like big time disagreement. Uh, we already fought over Dallas. Yes. Yeah, I have them for 52 wins. You're a little bit lower. I have them with the, the five seed. Uh, I think we well, are... well uh, we got to do this. You, you pick Philly to win the championship. Yes. Yeah. That one's looking real good. <laughs> Why do you say that? Uh, I just thought they got smoked defensively by uh Boston last night. Like even, even with like their advantage with Embiid, like where, where to go? <laughs> like what happened? Like they're playing Noah Vonley in the middle and it's, and Philadelphia just couldn't, couldn't construct enough of an advantage off of that to, to really change the game any. Uh, so I, I thought that was a very disappointing game for the Sixers. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. Uh, but I, I mean, just what was your thinking? I mean, it's only one game, obviously, but uh, what was your thinking in picking them to win the championship? I James, thought... James Harden's incredible uh, legacy of playoff success. And transition defense. I thought his transition <laughs> defense would really would really be the thing that lifted them. Uh, I, I mean, that you know, I, I, I think they're a team that, that's kind of in that mix. I consider them a second-tier contender, but there are a lot of teams that have a chance. So, you know, in doing picks, maybe you want to be like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with this team that's like all these teams are kind of equal, so maybe I'll, I'll yeah. go this direction. But I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, I mean, I I rode with Philly just because I thought I, I thought Embiid still maybe had a half or a quarter level to go up, and that he could. I thought maybe this would be kind of the year for him, uh, and I thought Harden would be better, and I thought their bench was better, although it didn't really show it last night. Um, kind of bizarre. Well, that well they, they need play. to actually play. That that would be the <laughs> the beginning of them showing that they're. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not. Not playing Tybal against those two wing scorers when they were getting cooked. I thought it was really interesting that they that they stuck with uh, Niang instead. Uh, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big B-ball Paul fan, uh, but I don't I don't think Harold was like that. That wasn't a differentiating factor. I don't think either. Um, yeah, it just wasn't wasn't a wasn't a good performance all around. Uh, they need to like the the kind of the Harden Maxi chemistry and yin and yang i think they still need to work out a little bit it was nice to see tobias harris shoot threes off the catch though yeah you know he was okay i my biggest takeaway i mean obviously harden looked pretty good you know you, you can't he had 35 on like 17 shooting possessions so you can't complain about that offensively he was never going to really be that great on defense i i think i always felt like for philly the way that they were gonna get to where they need to be in the postseason was joel 
could get back to that kind of defensive player of the year level that he was early in his career, particularly with the other weapons they have offensively now. Yeah. But he still looked, you know, a little bit more corpulent than you might like, at least yeah. for the for the defensive end. Yeah, totally. And so that's like he needs, and, and I thought he uh, had a pretty poor defensive game. Like he needs to be like cleaning up these fires and like moving out on the floor some. And because that's starting, like they brought in these guys on the bench who can defend, but and they're going to close with three basically non-defenders. So like he, he, and they're not, they're never going to be a switch team. So he's has to be, you know, he's got to be like Rudy Gobert level defender, I think for them to get to where they need to be defensively. And I mean, they just got totally lit last night. I mean, that was, that would, that game would have been, I think their second worst defensive performance. John Shun had this of the entire season last year, but again, yeah. let's, uh, it would not overreact to one game, but you're, you're just thinking like Embiid was going to be so good. Like he was just going to be the best player in the playoffs. And that's, yes. that's how they were going to yes. get there. And I, and I thought Boston would have trouble matching up with that. I thought Milwaukee in a roundabout way would, because he takes away Giannis at five from them. So I, yeah. that I, part I, I agree with. I actually I, like how they match up against the Bucks. So reasonably well. So so I th- I thought Philadelphia could come in, you know, maybe not have the best record, maybe have the best record, maybe not, but then match up against those other two Titans in the East and get to the finals. Yeah, my predictions were, you know, Golden State and the Clippers and Boston and Milwaukee as kind of my top four championship contenders, and then I went down to Brooklyn and Philly and Miami, and then Phoenix, Memphis. Denver uh, in the West as my next group. Uh, how about any individual awards that you kind of either you think my takes are controversial or you you had one that you haven't seen much yeah, elsewhere? Yeah, my uh, my coach of the year take. Uh, I picked Joe Missoula to win coach of the year. Uh, I just think that the narrative is going to be so much in his favor if Boston ends up winning like 55 games. And I think there's a really good chance the Celtics do that. Yeah, I, I do think, and they look great last night. I mean, it, the Noah Vonley experience aside, although he was still somehow in the positive. Yeah. And they're not, they'll be able to play smaller against most teams. They had to go bigger against uh, Embiid. Yeah, both they and Golden State just looked like very, very well oiled machines the new additions fitting great for boston uh, I, I think that's a reasonable i mean i just don't so when you say coach of the year you're predicting who will win it not who like your pick would be as i'm not like, saying he's who, the best coach no i'm just yeah, saying yeah. he's gonna yeah who, who will actually win coach of the year who will be you know he'll have a great narrative behind him or it'll be some team that wins 20 more games than we expect because they're healthy the whole year and everything goes exactly right yeah i approach coach of the year as just who do i think contributed the most to his team winning basketball games and so for example miami right they have a good year but it's kind of priced in that eric spolster is already really good (laughs) but that's not fair to him (laughs) right like yeah yeah like yeah i mean so the two guys i mean eric spolster and teron lu have never won uh, so th- they're going to have a lot of uh, kind of narrative case behind them too. I think T. Lou would be another great choice for coach of the year because I think there's a good chance the Clippers have the best record in the West. Um, this is one Danny and I talked about that it, it's not an official award. I, I certainly wouldn't characterize it that way. Who do you think will be the first coach fired? Yeah, I, I, I would probably go Stephen Silas there. Um, I think Tom Thibodeau would, would be the other prominent name. Um, I, you know, there's some ones where you could see it maybe, uh, and there's always a couple that come out of the blue, obviously Brooklyn. I think after what happened with KD, they like, they would, it would have to go so bad with Steve Nash now for them to actually fire him, uh, that, that it's, it's almost like a form of insurance. Uh, I could, I could definitely see Atlanta. Pulling. Joe size healthy respect for authorities. Uh, yes. You know, un- unless, uh, unless Steve Nash, uh, you know, it comes out that maybe, you know, he's, he's involved in some kind of government corruption that then he may not be long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, uh, Atlanta with Nate McMillan, I think is one to watch. Certainly. By the way, if KD really wanted to be traded, how did he not just go for the like, you know, free Hong Kong approach? Uh, exactly, right? Like that <laughs> that would have been much uh, Oh wait, no, he's 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 got to get paid with that Chinese. That's a, that's the thing though, right? Nike like too. that's the only problem, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they got all the, their money in China too, so he has has to do something more uh more subtle than that. 
Well, I, I mean, I will say it's a, we've talked about this too much, but I, I shouldn't be that glib about it for some of these guys because like they are in a difficult situation when you're like, hey, I could fuck up the entire league's money. That's like a lot of pressure. So I do. I do yes. sympathize with the position that they're in and it's you know it's really more the that these corporations that they are involved with have chosen to get involved with an authoritarian regime that's just going to flip out when one person says the slightest thing against them like that's yeah. they didn't necessarily ask to be in that position or understand it like it's that's more that they're just part of this system so anyway so sorry for that aside but I wanted to at least be fair to these guys despite uh, the fact that the joke was amusing uh can, can i give yeah. you another name to watch yes yes i think it's I, I wouldn't put it in like the likely list but i think it's maybe one that's one that people aren't really thinking about and that's uh michael malone in denver where there's a new gm more expectations this year with two players coming back and murray and porter if it's i think it'll be a long rope but i think like if it's not going well in January, I just I just wonder what happens there. So the last year of his deal was supposed to be this year. He got a quote multi-year extension on that. So he's got that means he's got at least one more guaranteed year after this yeah. one. Yeah. And maybe more. Who knows? I, I mean, you would think it'd be more than that. They're just such a believer in him overall. But yeah, I mean, I guess Tim Connolly was kind of his rabbi there, so maybe it'll be uh I guess probably priest would be more accurate for for uh but but uh yeah that that's uh that's one where i i maybe it could happen but and their defense doesn't look good in the preseason but i think they're all such a believer in him that i think i think it would take just such a massive disappointment um and maybe in the playoffs or something like that but i i'm the one that i'm really have my eye on is nate mcmillan yes yeah uh, among the teams with expectations uh he was he was my number three danny and dan both had him number one I I think the expectations are more unreasonable for Tom Thibodeau than they are for Nate McMillan. You think so? Think that yeah. like what are the expectations? Oh, I I think the the Knicks. I I don't think the Knicks think they're going thirty nine and forty three again. Yeah, I, I I think they're going to go forty two and forty. <laughs> I think they actually have a pretty low downside in that group because of their depth. I I agree with that. Yeah, they're they're just like they're just an, an average team. Like they're. Yeah. You know, their starters aren't that good. Their bench isn't that bad. It's just like, <laughs> it, it seems like one of those ones where maybe it could happen after the season because mm-hmm. he's just so annoying to live with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. But but I don't think that, and it might be even one of those ones where you're like kind of surprised because they weren't actually that bad. But if, if he made it through last year, um, I, I think they're going to be like totally decent this year personally, but may, maybe the internal expectation, but I think it comes more from the interpersonal dynamics there. And, you know, maybe the not playing well, the young guys yep. aspect, something along those lines where yeah, that seems does. like kind yeah. of, yeah. How you dare know, you bench Cam Reddish again? Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, so the one, uh, I'm looking at your picks here. The one we're totally on board. Uh, we're both on the Benny Badwagon. Uh, oh, the ben- Benedict Matherin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I w- it seems kind of controversial. Always the number six pick, but if you really go through it, like, who are the other realistic candidates? I mean, I got Ed Paolo number one, Mather number two, Keegan Murray number three. Who else in the top 10, especially with Chet being out now, are you like really expecting to have a huge rookie year that could get into that conversation? Right. Like, I, I don't know if Jaden Ivey's going to play enough. He's probably the, the only other one. Yeah. That that really would be in there, but I'm not as much of a believer in him. I know you are, but I Jabari Smith Jr. is more of a long term play to me. I don't think he's going to have the ball yeah. in his hands enough to win an right, award right. like this. Chet's already out for the year. Then you got you got Matherin and and Murray basically after that. And I I don't think you know the guys who were picked seven to ten or whatever. Like I don't see them really getting into it. Uh, no, you're so, you're not on the Johnny Davis train. I was the leader. Of the Johnny Davis skeptic bandwagon, and so far, I, I mean, can that thing even move anymore? It's <laughs> like, do you need like a new, a new like tongue for it or something? Like it's just <laughs> collapsed with all the weight. <laughs> the like, one, like what are some like, of those parts? Super, that... super duper dark horse would be Jalen Williams in Oklahoma City, where he might just end up playing thirty minutes a game and putting up numbers. I think that guy is really good, and I, I, I had him 
in my did I have him in my top three? No, you did not. You you had yeah, Bancaro, Benny, and Murray. But yeah. yeah but Jalen would be my four for sure. He's the, actually the one guy I could see. And it's tough to him for him to get to be number one. Uh, Paul Bancaro, I think, is still the guy because you just know he's gonna have that huge role. Like Matherin and Murray aren't even starting at the beginning of the year, it seems like. But you know, I think the fact that Matherin hasn't had a single bad game since the beginning of summer league might be and Carey might <laughs> right? be good. That's <laughs> you probably gotta accept that. And I liked him yeah. not as much as you, but I liked him in the draft as well. I, ha- I think I had him above Ivy on my I had him fifth on my board. I had Ivy third. What about most improved? Did you do a pick for that? You know, I've kind of gotten away from doing that just because I'd like, I just think it's a dumb Because award. it's fucking impossible. Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I just can't make myself care about it. A and like, yeah, what are, what are we really doing here? Like, who's who's going to be the surprise second or third year player that we didn't see coming? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, just because by its nature, it's a, it's it defies prediction. Yeah, yeah. You, you just, I guess, like, do you maybe the process is you start with the list of guys you don't think are that good, and then try to figure out who you're wrong about. But uh, or or you can go. I mean, the trend recently has kind of been the young star breaking out to really like all star level that people kind of already liked. So I, I went with Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton as my top two. Yeah, I think those are both pretty decent that's, ones. I think that's a pretty good pretty good pairing there. Uh, I think uh, Jalen Green in Houston could be. Like, yeah, I like it. Like, I generally try to eschew second year guys for this award. And I think a but, lot of people do, but. I think he might like his points per game might blow up so much that he just gets it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh all right, so you had Philly as your champion. What else yes. do you have happening in the playoffs? So I had I had Philly over Boston in the East Finals. I had Golden State over the Clippers in the West Finals. Oh man, I I if it's Golden State against Philly. I mean, I love Golden State. I think they're just like they have so much experience against Harden and I think they are so good at helping on Embiid. Like if you end up good ball movement against Golden State, I think like, like Golden State always finds a way against these guys defensively who just want to really dominate the ball and teams that don't move the ball a lot. So I'm, uh, yeah. I mean, Golden State looked amazing. I thought last night and like they're it looks like they're going to go eleven deep. And I mean, they were kind of they killed the Lakers without even breaking a sweat. I guess the, the, maybe we can close with this after watching last night. What's your feeling on the Lakers? You know, I was trying not to get too down on them because I thought AD looked pretty good physically. Yeah. And we we knew the rest of this roster was limited. And at Golden State is, you know, this will be one of the three toughest games in their schedule the whole season, right? So you, you start there. They, uh, I, I think LeBron was right that they do not have enough shooting. Now, some of, some of they did potentially have some shooting that was not available to them with Schroeder being out, uh, not having Thomas Bryant. But well, on the well other- uh, if you're if you're saying Schroeder is going to rescue you from shooting, maybe it's worse than I thought. <laughs> I mean, like, they're, they're running lineups out there with Matt Ryan just to get some shooting on the floor. Yeah. That was that 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 was an exclamation point. Uh, and that that guy is like a pretty nasty shooter, but uh, you know, defensively he might have some issues. But yeah, I mean, obviously, I think the shooting's a problem. I mean, they're ten of forty; like, they at least got them up. You know, they're generating them, which they haven't necessarily been able to do in past years. And they'll hit a few more of them, right? I mean, they got guys who hit thirty-three percent. Um, I actually thought they looked a little bit better than I would have hoped. Again, it, I think your point about not overreacting to this game is a good one. I thought their half court defense looked much improved. I thought AD defensively was really affecting guys around the rim until Golden State just spaced him out and then it was a problem. But before then, like most teams can't do that to you. So I think he's looking like he could be a force. I actually thought Westbrook within his capabilities was pretty under control. He was efficient. There were only one or two arson possessions in this game. Right, so I, right. I thought I thought that I thought that was that was a positive. Absolutely. I think that Darvin Ham has brought over like the running ethos from Milwaukee. I think they're kind of getting back to that. Now how much AD and LeBron and Russ can keep that up, uh we don't know, but uh and yeah, I, I mean I think some of the support guys can play a little bit better, but I thought like LeBron and AD showed enough to where if they could keep playing the way they played in that game, 
that maybe you do start thinking about making that rust trade and throwing in the the two first rounders because you feel like those guys are good enough to to really be top level so that that's the number one thing i was looking for with them and i i thought i saw it like i i, was, I think you know I, I thought they looked pretty decently coached out there and you know i'm not going to go crazy because lonnie walker was uh, was missing shots kendrick nunn actually i thought looked pretty good yeah um, i i think getting him back is going to matter for them yeah it, like he he can hit some spot ups so i you know it, well, i wasn't expecting juan toscano anderson to hit like every three points so i i think they're <laughs> i mean do i think they're gonna be like top six in the west with this group no but i think they're they shouldn't be like below expectations based on what i saw right i think there are, i think there are eight really good teams in the west and i think the lakers are team number nine yeah that's possible and we'll see i mean I, but they, you know they look like a team that i think it's gonna be over. all right uh this was fun we'll be back in two weeks on the free pod and that'll actually come out a little bit later than the dunked on prime version as well because we want to encourage you to sign up for that that special pre-sale is going to end in about 12 hours or so so i encourage you to sign up to that there'll be a link to that in the show notes on dunked on prime also for dunked on prime if you are in a special financial circumstance and you need a break on the pricing uh there's some information about that in my pinned tweet at nate duncan nba uh, i wrote a a whole letter about the the procedure for that you can send us a, a quick email and ask for that if you know if you're in a difficult situation we uh we trust you to be honest about that and so we don't want to like totally lose someone overpriced if you're in a difficult situation so please consider that as well and looking forward to talking to y'all in two weeks on the free pod and tonight danny and i will do a wrap-up of all of the games on dunked on prime talk to y'all soon listening to your favorite podcast that's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University, that's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.